You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure, long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season number two. It's episode number 69. Cubs salvage one against the snakes don't forget to listen download review most importantly subscribe to the podcast follow us on the socials fly the w670 on twitter instagram and on facebook or email us at fly the w670 at gmail.com well crowley it's sunday evening and the cubs managed not to get swept by the snakes as you've named them uh salvaging the game sunday afternoon but a very busy weekend for you and for all great cub fans down at wrigley field yeah, yeah, it it was it was a wild one. We'll just put it at that. But you know, it was from from the actual game standpoint. You know, you had to be really frustrated only taking one out of four here. Yeah, I mean, I thought two w- w- was legit. I thought two and two would be great. Three and four would be a little bit much. And there's a couple of these games, Crowley, um, on Friday and on Saturday that were just absolutely crazy we're gonna to have to take everybody through that but let's start with probably the biggest stinker uh, of the uh, of the group and that was uh, game number one that's back on Thursday Javier Assad on the mound right we remember we thought this was the one that they were gonna take Assad had a 162 exactly. era in his last 10 outings he wasn't as sharp you know he pitched decently though I mean you know for a four fifth starter he was fine uh Tommy fan Hobart in the first to put the D-backs up one nothing and then uh, he also gave up a two-run homer in the third to Kettle Marte to make it 3 nothing. He went 5.1 innings. He gave up three runs on seven hits, two homers, one walk, but no strikeouts, which had me a little bit nervous, Dustin. Yeah, not um, exactly a, a typical Assad outing. Worked hard. Um, you know, again, my thing is, what's with these homers? The starting yeah. pitching, giving up a lot of home run balls lately. And then, but, but, you know, he kept, like I said, for a fourth or fifth starter, he kept you in it. You know, you're down 3-1 to one in the sixth. And he called on Keegan Thompson with a runner on second and one out. He walked the first batter. He faced to get a double, but got a double play to get out of the inning. He pitched a nice one, two, three inning in the seventh. But then Dustin, I was surprised. He comes out in the eighth inning, and I thought that was pushing it. Well, I mean, at that point, um, I don't know that they felt they were going to be able to come back. But, yeah, I mean, I guess they had to see what this guy can do, right? Is he ready for the big time, or is he destined to be back down in Iowa sooner or later? Well, you, that answer came quickly, but you know, I mean, he, you know, you're you're only down two runs, right? And he really down two. He, he gave you an inning and a, a inning and a and two thirds, 
And so like no big deal. But then, like I said, he comes out in the eighth, he walks Marte and then Tommy Pham hits his second home run of the game to make it five to one. Kettle Marte had an RBI single in the ninth to make it 6-1, but it was Marte and Pham who just killed the Cubs pitching. Marte was two for four with three RBIs, and Pham was two for five with two home runs and three RBIs. So between those two guys, those are your six runs. Those are the six runs. And I thought that they, if anybody was going to be tired going into this game, I thought it would be the D-backs after having flown from uh, San Diego, I believe. Right, and then, then they countered with Ryan Nelson, a rookie who's pitched okay this season, but he was sent to back to the minors on August 13th and has been AAA for a month, but the offense really do, didn't do anything. He walked two batters in the first inning. Cubs couldn't cash that in, and then the Cubs didn't have another base runner until the fifth when Seiya Suzuki hit a one-out triple and scored on a Heimer Candelario sack fly. Um, when, when you talk about this, though, Nelson only allowed, you know, when you look at it, he allowed one run on two hits and two walks, he struck out three batters over 5.2 innings. Uh, the Cubs scored a garbage run in the ninth when the Diamondbacks pretty much had this game in hand. They only had two runs on five hits. Three of those hits came in the ninth when the D-backs just put in a mediocre pitcher. But for eight innings, Dustin, the Cubs only had two hits. The Suzuki triple, which scored a run, and an Nico Horner double. I mean, two hits over eight innings ain't going to do it. No, not gonna get, not going to get it done. Not at all. And, we, we, you know, last week we were talking about the offense and having 10 or more runs in 22 games and all that kind of stuff. And uh, all of a sudden it looks like the offense got uh, lost out on the road or something. Who knows? But, you know, I, in the game two, we, you know, both, neither of us have had confidence in this, you know, I mean, this was one where like no chance, right? Zach Allen, who's a Cy Young candidate, I would say. And then you had struggling JMO Jamison Tyone. He walks the first battery face Corbin Carroll, who absolutely just, caused Cubs all sorts of problems. He steals second and makes it to third on a throwing ear by Miguel Amaya. And all of a sudden you go, all right, here he goes again. Okay, exactly. It's exactly what it felt like, Crowley. Exactly what it felt like. But then with the runner at third and no outs, J-Mo struck out the next three batters he faced, and he was just getting started. He pitched six innings and gave up no hits before Corbin Carroll singled in the six. He retired 17 batters in a row from the first inning until the sixth inning. There was controversy, Dustin, and I, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. David Ross pulls Jamison Tyone at 77 pitches. Were you shocked by that, the way that he was cruising? Well, he was cruising, but I almost felt like, boy, maybe Ross felt like we're getting away with one here, right? Like, let's not push it. This, this is better than we had all expected. So let's get out of here and see what we do next with the bullpen. Yep, and Julian Merriweather came in, and he looked great. He struck out all three batters he faced. Jose Quas came into the game in the eighth, gave up a single to Lourdes Gurriel. He walked Gabriel Moreno. He then struck out Jordan Lawler, and then Ross replaced Quas with Mark Leiter. He strikes out the first batter he faced, but with two outs, Corbin Carroll singled, scoring Gurriel to make it one nothing. Original Dustin, originally, Dustin, the call on the field is that Suzuki caught the ball. The D-backs challenge it, and the call was reversed as New York said he trapped the ball. Um, we're going to get to the stories in the second segment, but I had the um, uh, kind of, like I said, I'll tell the story a little bit later, but I was sitting um, right behind Theo Epstein. This is a picture for those of you following the YouTube channel. That's myself and Theo Epstein and as they were waiting for New York to make a call, I said, Theo, can you do me a favor, buddy, and call in a favor in New York? Because, I mean, it was clearly it was clearly trapped. But uh, 
no luck on that one. The call was but only clearly it's interesting, Crowley, because I was listening to I had I, I that play, that play in particular, I had to pick up my daughter. So I was with Pat and Ron at that point. And then we got home and I rushed into the house. I had the DVR going. But I mean, when when it happened, when it happened at first blush, it looked like a catch. Absolutely. I mean, it depended on the yeah. angle you saw. I mean, it, the right call was made. The right call was made. But right. On television, the first time I did see it in full speed, I thought it was a catch. Yeah, so they showed it on the Jumbotron. We were in the bleachers, and they showed it on the Jumbotron, and it's gigantic, and they were going slow-mo, so it was easier to see. But uh, another interesting note on this game, Adbert Elsley pitched up for the for, pitched for the first time in a week. He gave up no runs on one hit with 1K, but he hadn't pitched since he blew the game over Labor Day weekend against so I guess he's So I guess he's okay then? I'm, I'm a little nervous still. Um, but what made me more nervous was for the third game in a row, Dustin, the, or for the second game in a row, the offense was nowhere to be found. Galleon went 9.0 innings, gave up three hits. How many times do you ever see a complete hit shutout these days? Um, it was Galleon's first career complete shutout. The Nico, the Cubs only had three hits, three hits, two of those by one guy, say a Suzuki. Nico also had a hit and was hit by a pitch. The Cubs did not have an extra base hit or a man in scoring position. They were caught stealing twice, and Amaya had two throwing ears trying to steal out runners. Just a frustrating game. Yeah, that one was, boy, you talk about one where you just want to flush it. And, you know, Friday, you want to get the weekend off, you know, good vibes going. That really put a little bit of a damper into it. So that brings us to game number three, and we've got the uh, lefty Justin Steele, you know, the guy that uh, – we're thinking maybe can get a Cy Young for the Cubs for the first time in a long time. And uh, it seemed like a game the Cubs really needed to win, went extra innings and didn't go their way. Yeah, Steele, you know, took on Merrill Kelly. Both pitchers delivered. You know, Steele continues to make his Cy Young case. He went seven innings. He gave up one run on six hits with six Ks, zero walks. Dustin, he lowered his ERA to 249, the lowest in the major leagues. He yep. has not suffered a loss in 10 straight starts since July 16th. I mean, just phenomenal. Yeah, um, he's been he's been fantastic. And again, the reason the Cubs lost on Saturday was not because of Justice Steele. No, he gave up a run in the fifth when Corbin Carroll singled, stole second, moved to third on a single by Emmanuel Rivera, and scored on a Gabriel Moreno like weak grounder. So it wasn't like he got hit or tagged or anything. He looked as dominant as can be. And Kelly against the, this Cubs offense looked well. He went 5.2 innings, gave up four hits, one run, five walks though, and six Ks. Five walks, Dustin. That run that Kelly gave up shouldn't have even been charged to him. With one out in the third, Nico singled on a soft bunt. And then Ian Happ would strike out. So he got two outs, Cody Bellinger. He hits a pop fly between the second baseman and the shortstop. Each guy assumed the other guy was going to get it. And it felt fell harmlessly on the ground. But Nico never stopped running. He scored from first on a pop fly that landed on the infield dirt. It was yeah, that, that's, that's pretty amazing. I, I don't know that you, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that Crowley. <laughs> I can't remember, but you know, I just love the hustle that, that he has, yeah. but you know, Cubs offense had more hits in the previous game. They had eight hits and they drew five walks, but Dustin, they could not get that timely hit. We talked about going one, go. for nine one, for nine, scoring. one for nine, one for nine. And left 10 men on base, uh, it, you know, and now Albert Alzlai did pitch for a second day in the row. He, he got two quick outs, but walked Pavin Smith. Uh, he gave up a single to Corbin Carroll to put runners at the corners, and Carroll stole second to put runners at second and thirds with two outs. He walks Chase Peterson to load the base before getting out of it. 
Um, and then in the ninth, the Cubs had their chance to win. Jan Gomes hits a ball off the left field. It bounces right to Gurriel perfectly, but great tag. And Gomes was thrown out of second base by an eyelash. And what's going to make it worse, Dustin, the next batter, Nick Magical, doubled. And that would have, you know, that would have easily walked off the game. Instead, Mike Talkman grounds out. We go into extras, and this is where it gets ugly. Daniel Palencia comes on in the tenth. You got the free runner at second. Uh, Geraldo Perro, uh, Perdomo bunted to move the runner to the third. Palencia hits the next batter to put runners at the corners. Then there's a pass ball by Jan Gomes to move Lawler to second. And then Palencia throws a wild pitch to give the D-backs a two-one lead. So there's a freebie for you. And then Tommy Pham would single to make it three to one. There was also a fielding error in that inning by Cody Bellinger, but Aaron Zona didn't score any more runs. But if you look at that inning, you you hit a batter, you had a passed ball, you had a wild pitch, and you had an error. I mean, it was just a disaster. Yeah, not a good one. Not a good one at all. Disaster is definitely a word for it. Now the Cubs had that extra runner at second. Nico grounds out. Then Lourdes Gurriel robbed Ian Happ of extra bases. Um, and that would have easily been a double and it would have made it a three, two game Bellinger would single to make it that score, but then Dansby would pop out to end the games. And so the Cubs have lost the first three games. Yeah. Not where I thought they would be at the end of Saturday. That's for sure. No. And especially when you, th- if you had told me you would have had an excellent start by, uh, by, by Steele and a great start by Tyone, I would have easily thought we were two, one at this point. And so, you know, it's up to Kyle Hendricks versus Joe Mantiply. Um, in this one right here, Cub fans were finally pleasantly surprised. Dustin, it is September 10th. Mark this in your calendar. Ian Happ was finally moved out of the three spot in favor for the hot hitting, say a Suzuki. You know how excited I was about that. Right. But, but it was only because of the pitching matchup, Crowley. That's what David, but, but nothing, but, but they never took him out the entire time for any pitching map, up for any, anything. They never took him out. No, Come I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I'm I don't buy what, I don't buy what David Ross is selling, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and the move paid off. Right. So the right. D backs went with the opener strategy, Joe Manipley, he started the game. He went 1.1 innings, giving up one run on two hits. The Cubs struck early. Christopher Morrell hit a triple from the leadoff spot, but then made a dumb base running play. As oh, was that dumb? Pitcher. Was that dumb? Was that dumb? Oh, uh, it, it, trust me, it was. We were not feeling good out in the bleachers. And then Morrell was thrown out at home. Nico would steal second, but then Sayo would hit a ground rule double. The Cubs were up one nothing. Now Brandon Pafad, if you remember, he was the one that they originally had starting the game. He came in in the third. First batter he faces Christopher Morrell homers to make it two to nothing. And then with two outs, Bellinger and Swanson. Went back to back to make it for nothing. I'm going to tell you an embarrassing story here, Dustin. I was, um, that ball came right at me, right at me. And it missed my hand by this much. It probably would have broke my fingers. This right here, you, I don't know if you could, uh, for the YouTube uh, channel, that's a dent in the bleachers right in front of my foot. So that was absolutely insane. I should have jumped a little bit further to catch it, but my my reflexes were not the greatest at this time. You didn't want to spill your beer, huh, Crowley? No, sir. And so, you know, the Cubs scored one more run in the fifth on a Nico single, a stolen base, and an RBI single by Dansby. But even though the Cubs scored five runs, only two for eight with runners in scoring position. But Kyle Hendricks was his usual reliable self. He went 5.2 innings, seven hits. Gave up only two runs, one walk, four Ks, six win of the season. He only allowed two earned runs or fewer for the fifth time in his last seven starts since August 9th. The bullpen was solid. 
Quas pitched 0.1 inning and lighter Wesnisky and Merriweather all through one inning of scoreless balls at the, as the Cubs finally took a game. But Dustin, we talked about this before. Sometimes the offense will go into stretches when they don't hit with runners in scoring position. They don't have a lot of pop. And that's when you kind of would see these losing streaks and, and it would stink. And then we'd eventually, you know, the Cubs would eventually hit their way out of it, but the Cubs are running out of games and trying to hold on to a wild card spot or win the division. They have got to find a way to score runs, even when they are struggling. Right. You Not just home runs, right? You can't just right. live and die by the home run. No. Right. The wind was blowing in a lot hitting. this weekend. Yep. The wind was blowing a lot this weekend. We're getting into fall, Dustin. That's going to change, and you're going to have to find a way to manufacture runs. You cannot screw up a Tyone brilliant start and another brilliant start by Steele. Just can't do that. You have to find a way to, to get these guys over and get these guys in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 69, Cubs Salvage One Against the Snakes. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Crawley, you spent uh, a long weekend at Wrigley Field celebrating the Cubs Hall of Fame weekend. Can you uh, let us in a little bit, a little uh, look behind the curtain, if you will? Yes, sir. I, I did spend four days uh, living the Cub lifestyle. And the, the weekend started on Thursday for me when my good friend, Stu McVicker, he's been on the podcast. Um, he celebrated his 50th birthday. And of course, he celebrated it in style with a party with Sean Dunstan there. So Sean Dunstan's at the party and he was just such a great guy. I have a picture of Sean looking at a three foot bobblehead of himself. Nice. We actually had the original Sean O'Meter in the house. That is the original Sean O'Meter 0.278, but he, he just came down. He was a great guy. Uh, he, he really, his Q and a was very good. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to hopefully get that for you for the, uh, when we get to the postseason. it was a longer one It's about an hour long, but, but just a great guy, very introspective, very intelligent, very humble, but it was kind of sad. Cause you know, we did the Q and a and I asked him, I said, look, you saw the love you got at Cubs con when they announced you were getting into the hall of fame and you see all the love you get here. Do you see yourself spending more time in Chicago? And he said, you know, it's time for other players to kind of do that. It's I've had my time. I enjoy my retirement. So, you know, if you didn't go to this party, that was a shame because I don't know the next time we're going to see Sean Dunstan in the Chicago land area, maybe next year when they announce the next class of the hall of fame. So that sounded like fun. So that was Thursday night, right? Right. And then on Friday, the Cubs invited me to go to the pop-up museum. Um, it's right in between the Cubs store and Brickhouse Tavern. There's a picture up here. They had balloons. I don't know how long they're doing it for, 
but they just had absolutely a ton of memorabilia. This photo I'm showing you right here is the Jake Arrieta's um, Game 6 World Series jersey. They had uh, Pat Hughes's Ford Frick Award, Hall of Fame Award, Cy Young Awards, tons of stuff um, with Dunstan and Grace on it. They had Jack Brickhouse's old uh, binoculars. So just to, they had the 1907 and 1908 World Series trophies. They weren't what you're thinking of. They're just like cups. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that. I would, if it's still going, I would recommend anybody going up there. But then a little birdie kind of got told me a little news that there was going to be a special guest in the bleachers. And so he told me, he said, look for three guys that don't belong in the left center field bleachers. Okay. That's my, that's my little tip I get. I take a look and I see in the very first row, three guys dressed in khakis and polos with not any Cubs gear on it. So I say, okay, what, what's going uh, on here? Right, that's different. Yeah. All right. So I sit next to him. I start talking to him as the game is about to start and the anthem's going on. Those three gentlemen were told to have a good day. Thank you for your help. And in walks Theo Epstein and five of his friends. So I am literally behind Theo Epstein. This is a picture that was shown on marquee and who else comes in, but Chris Chelios. So you can see me right here. And then in the right in front of me is Chris Chelios and looking at his phone was uh, Theo Epstein. And if you, you see the picture, I kind of got side-eye trying to see if Theo, what, what he was doing, but it was absolutely hilarious. Theo, again, very nice guy. Very, very friendly. We've known each other Cubs con and me asking him questions. And I didn't bother him until I took this picture in between the eighth inning, uh, top and the bottom of the eighth, but he, he was very nice. And his did, friends were very did nice. He, and, was, was, did everybody catch on that they were sitting there or not really? They put it on the Jumbotron, which I know he wasn't happy about, and Marquis okay. kept showing them. So, yeah, everyone kind of knew he was out there. And so I, the only thing that bothers me, Dustin, is if I would have known he was there, I would have wanted to wore the Fly the W shirt because I got all sorts of TV time. Nice, nice. And then, well, okay. <laughs> and then it was fun. A, a buddy of ours, we, we, we were trying to figure out where we were going to sleep that night because our plans kind of fell through. Well, he won. Marty, the salsa king of Chicago, had won at a golf tournament a stay in a suite in the Hotel Zachary, which was a very beautiful room. This was a view of our room right here. Just a, a real five-star. And, and where we had, we had a patio. And this was our view looking oh, out nice. at Wrigley Field at night. Can't with get the, better uh, than that. Yeah, with everything glowing. And then, I don't know, I just had to take a picture of me in the robe and the, and the slipper. So um, <laughs> quite, quite, quite the adventure there. And then uh, on Saturday, I did get to kind of hang out and talk to our good friends, uh, Bruce, Mile, uh, Bruce Miles, uh, former uh, beat writer for the Cubs, uh, Daily Herald. And um, I talked to Jesse Rogers of ESPN, and they have a book that's out recently, Cubs the Franchise. And uh, for those of you wondering what we do in the offseason, we have a lot of guests, and these, they're going to come on to talk about their book. It's really interesting. And then as a season ticket holder, Dustin, I got to get a picture with Mark Grace. And there's that picture right there yeah, with Grace. That's a great he, picture, yeah. Got the fly the W t-shirt on. So fun. And then we had the Harry Carey bobblehead. So ah, when was that to give away? Was that today? That was Saturday. Was Saturday. So okay. that, that was, that was complete. And then we spent the night having fun and drinks with Jody Davis, a uh, good friend, a club 400, good friend of ours. And, and just hoping that he gets into that Cubs hall of fame next. He really deserves it. So that takes us to Sunday and all the, the, the luminaries, the Cubs legends are all right there. And if you're, you're taking a look here, I was in the scrum, yours truly. There it is. There's, there's, 
there's Sean and there's Mark. And I got to listen to them answer questions and the love that those two guys shared each other in the bond. Everyone knows, you know, the, 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 the Dunstan to Sandberg to grace. It was so cool just to kind of see how much they cared about each other. I took this picture from the field. This is the blazer. And they did have that t-shirt from obvious shirts, Dunstan to Sandberg to grace kind of on there. And then you just had the legends all kind of walking out. And this is, um, from left to right, you have Dunstan, Sandberg, Lee Smith, Fergie Jenkins, Andre Dawson, Pat Hughes, uh, Randy Huntley, Billy Williams, and Mark Grace now. So they were all, those are all the living members of the Cubs Hall of Fame. That's and pretty then, cool. That's pretty yeah, cool. They did take a picture of the three of them, which I enjoyed. That's, That's awesome. a picture yeah. of yeah, Dunstan, Sandberg, and Grace all wearing their um, new Cubby Blue Blazers. But I just think that the Cubs, we had Jen Martindale on the last show, and if you missed it, I encourage you to listen to it. They did it so different than what they did with Pat Hughes and Jose Cardinal. They really, truly celebrated their careers with the memorabilia, with videos, with each guy having their kind of own day to kind of hang out. Season ticket holders got a picture with Sean Dunstan on Friday or Mark Grace on Saturday. And so, it, it, you know, and then seeing all the guys out there, I don't remember that last year when Pat and Jose Cardinal did it. I remember them throwing pitches, but I don't remember all the luminaries being out there. And not only that, there were some of their former teammates and their families there as well. So it was all really special. Sounds like a uh, great time was had by all. And uh, fortunately, the Cubs were able to salvage one of those games against the Diamondbacks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Fly the W670 podcast, it's season number two. It's episode 69, Cubs Salvage One Against the Snakes. Don't forget to download our podcast, subscribe, and review it. Crowley, let's take a look at the standings after a big four games against the D-backs. Got it. You know, you're nervous after, what, dropping three of four, and the, the Yankees are playing the lowly Brewers. But again, now the, the, the Brewers are not as hot as they were. Now, neither are the Cubs. They're both five and five in their last ten, so... You know, the Cubs are only three games back of Milwaukee, which isn't bad considering they lost three of four. Cincinnati is 6.5 games back. They're also five and five. So the first three teams are all five and five. Nobody's gained any ground on each other. So the Cubs three games back. Cincinnati is, uh, you're taking a look at uh, 6.5 games back. And then when you talk about Pittsburgh and St. Louis, you have the magic number and the tragic number. The tragic number is when you're officially eliminated. Pittsburgh's tragic number is seven games. And St. Louis's tragic number is four games before they are eliminated from the NL Central. But the uh, White Sox, Crawley, I think they hit their tragic number today. They were officially uh, eliminated. So, Right. This is where things get crazy is, is when you get into the wild card right now, Philly are str Philly's struggling right now. They're four and six. The Cubs are only two games behind them. 
Arizona has now taken Cubs are in second place. They're up two games on Arizona. And then Miami's back in at half a game, Cincinnati 1.5. And now San Fran, who you thought the Cubs put a dagger in. They're still there. But uh, Megan Montemuro of the Chicago Tribune had an interesting tweet, and I want to kind of bring this up here. The Cubs did beat the Diamondbacks, right? So they did beat them, and they have to sweep them in Arizona to get the tiebreaker if it ends up in a tie. There is no game 163 for anybody. It's, it's based on season series. So right now the D-backs are up three to one in the season series, and then they have three more in Arizona. So they'd have to sweep to take the tiebreaker. Okay. Um, for the wild, uh, they, the Cubs own the tiebreaker over the giants and the Phillies, the Marlins and the Reds hold the tiebreakers over the Cubs. We don't know who holds the tiebreakers between the Cubs and Brewers, but this is how close we're getting here, Dustin. Yeah. It's going to come down to the wire and, as much as it's uh, painstakingly and uh, the emotions are crazy, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful, Crowley. The Cubs are playing meaningful baseball this late in the season. Absolutely. And, and, and some good news on the roster front. Brad Boxberger, finally back on the big league roster. He hasn't pitched for the Cubs, Dustin, since May 13th with a forearm strain. Keegan Thompson, like I said, I don't blame Keegan. I mean, he gave up a bloop and a blast to guys that are very good hitters, but he was the one that drew the short stick. He's optioned back to AAA. Yeah, uh, no big surprise there. No. Marcus Stroman continues to throw in Arizona. He's pitching to hitters in, in a batting practice workout on September 7th. He's got another one that he's pitching tomorrow, so we're going to keep an eye on that. And, and like I said, if you can get Marcus in any role, whether it's a starter or even out of the bullpen, that would be a huge help. Wouldn't hurt, that's for sure. I, I that's I, I think that's a really interesting question, though. I wonder if he would take if he would take a role coming out of the bullpen. I mean, if his arm's not built up, I think he would know that that it's best for the team, and I hope he would do that. So that remains to be seen. Nick Birdie continues to pitch in relief for Iowa. He threw, uh, he's been throwing innings, so we'll see if Nick Birdie will make his way back up to the big team. It would be nice to finally get to see him for more than just a. Tiny. I mean, I would you even would you even call what he did a cup of coffee with the team this year? It was more like a a shot of espresso, if anything, right? Right. Maybe maybe a sip of coffee. All right, maybe um, a sip of coffee. All right, we got <laughs> uh, we got Cubs Rockies starting on Monday, Crawley. Yep. Last season, the Rockies finished in last the NL West, going sixty eight and ninety four. They didn't do much this offseason to make themselves any better. Their additions were kind of embarrassing. Pierce Johnson, relief pitcher who used to be with the Cubs, called Cubs farmhand. Jose Urania, they've already cut him, and Connor Siebold. They lost uh, right-handed pitcher Carlos Estevez, outfielder Sam Hilliard, and outfielder Connor Joe. Connor Joe's still a really good player, but they made a lot of, uh, you know, it just, they didn't do much in the offseason. At the trade deadline, they did a lot of, they, they traded a lot of what they had as far as major league talent for a rebuild. So they didn't really get any guys that are going to help them this year. Uh, they traded Pierce Johnson, first baseman CJ Crone, and outfielder Randall Kritchuk. You remember him from the, St. Louis Cardinals, the only addition they made was lefty, a left-handed reliever named Justin Broyle. But the Rockies are currently dead last in the NL West at 51 and 90. Dustin, they as long as the Cubs do their shot, they have a pretty good shot at a hundred loss season. Yeah, it, it's uh it's gotta be hard to be a, a Rocky, a Rockies fan. Um weird, just a whole weird dynamic, and hopefully the Cubs can feast on them a little bit the next couple days. I know you'd like to hear this, Dustin. A little birdie has told me that one Chris Bryant may be making his return again during oh, the Cubs series. There we go. So just kind of something to keep a little bit of an eye on. Okay, let's uh, get a little preview now, Crowley, of the uh, 
Cubs up next opponent. That's the Rockies. Yep. And so we got some pitching probables for you. Jordan Wicks is now three and zero with the two sixteen ERA. I think again, the first NL starter or the first Cubs starter to win his first three victories since like the early 1900s. Um, you know, the first game was phenomenal against Pittsburgh. He did really good against Cincinnati and then against San Fran, he went 6.2, gave up nine hits, two earned runs. So, I mean, this kid is coming in and giving you at least five innings and not giving up more than a run or two. I mean, you, you just, that that's what you're looking to do here with these guys is, is, you know, the Cubs, I can't believe her. You know, if you would have told me that Tylen would have had a bad season, Smiley would have been awful, and that uh, Marcus Stroman would be out the second half, there's no way I'm thinking that they're in, in a, a playoff hunt at all. No, not at all. No, the young guys have been fantastic. It's uh, saved their bacon, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and then hopefully, like I said, the offense can just help these young guys out. They're facing Kyle Freeland. Dustin, if the offense cannot feast on the pitchers that the Rockies are throwing up here – I don't know what to say. This guy's six and 14, 509 ERA. He started 27 games a season. Um, against Arizona, he did okay. He went six innings, gave up six hits, two earned runs. Against Atlanta, that team is amazing. Gave up five point, went five point two innings, gave up six runs on eight hits. And against Baltimore, another good team, he is he's pitched five, he went six innings, gave up eight hits, three earned runs. So he's been pitching better as of late. But, you know, if, if you want to go into the postseason, these are the guys that you have to beat. Oh, you got to feast on this. They, they, you know, this isn't even one of those, like, take two out of three. We're going to get to the predictions in a couple. Of this is where you have to sweep somebody. Right. Now, Javier Assad had a, a rough start. But if, if you really look at it, Dustin, if you look at the numbers, he gave up two home runs, but he went 5.1 innings, seven hits, three earned runs, one walk. Again, if I would have told you that's what Javier Assad would give you, you'd say, You take okay. it every time. You take it every time. It's just we got spoiled because his last start against Cincy, he went eight and gave up zero earned runs on seven hits. And against Pittsburgh, he went seven innings, gave up three hits and only one earned run. So he has just been so good lately. We've kind of come to really lean heavy on him, if you get what I'm saying. I get it. And then, uh, you know, taking a look at the next guy that they're facing, uh, they are facing Chris Flexen. So, again, like, you know, you're not facing (laughs) – One and seven, seven thirty-six ERA. He started twelve games this season for the Rockies. Last game he went against Arizona, two point one innings, gave up six earned runs on four hits, two walks. Against Toronto, he went five point two, gave up four runs on seven hits. Did good against Baltimore, but he took the loss. Five point inning, he went five point oh innings, gave up uh, two earned runs, four hits. Not bad, but he's again like you know when you take a look at you know Zach Allen or something, you know you know that's going to be a hard game. None of these guys like scare you. This guy was released by the Mets in July. Mets didn't want him, and so the Rockies just picked him up because they need to put bodies in there. Right. They need somebody to throw the ball over the plate or attempt to throw the ball over the plate. Right. Right. They traded everybody, and they didn't get anything back as far as Major League talent. So, you know, let's see what happens. But I don't know, Dustin. The third guy is starting, Jamison Tyone. Just like I said, that game. I'm really looking. I'm, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to this one, right? Because now we're looking to see if he can actually put two decent ones together. That I don't think has happened yet this year. But you, we, he had a good stretch where he had decent, like five or six starts in a row, and it looked like it was going. And then all of a sudden, it all the wheels fell off again. Um, well, I'm, this would be a great. This would be the, a great time for five or six in a row. It'd be great. It is Colorado, which has me a little nervous. He's seven and nine in that start. uh, The last start here against Arizona, he went six innings, gave up one hit, zero earned runs Uh, against Cincinnati. That was awful. 5.2 innings, five earned runs on seven hits, but he did good against uh, Milwaukee. He went six innings, gave up eight hits, but only one earned run. 
the strikeouts have always been good. Last three games, nine strikeouts, seven strikeouts, six strikeouts. He doesn't walk anybody. It's just the home run ball that you've talked about a bajillion times that keeps getting him in trouble. Yeah. All right, Crowley, let's get into the hot and the not. And based on the fact that the Cubs scored very few runs over the last four games, I'm curious to hear who the hots are. Um, the, the hot is very, the one guy you should know is say Suzuki, who has yeah, been non-stop he's just continues. Hot. He was the player of August and he's probably the player of September right now. Right. He was, he's 12 for his last 27 with four doubles, two home runs, 10 RBIs, slashing 444, 464, 889. Dansby's starting to slowly snap out of it. He's got uh, nine hits in his last 26 at bats with a double, a home run, five, RBI, five RBIs. He's slashing 346, 414, and 500. That's pretty um, hot. On the knots, Jer- uh, Heimer Candelario has been struggling, one for his last 15. He came out of today's game with a little, they said a back issue. So they put Talkman in and they um, moved Bellinger to first because Candelario started at first. But he's been struggling, and I don't know if that back thing is new, if it just happened today, or if it's something that's been bugging him. I have no idea, but he's been very cold, slashing .067, 250, 133. And I don't know, maybe the summer of Mike Talkman's over. It's the fall of Mike Talkman, and it's not as good. You know, he's uh, he's really struggling. He's won for his last 16. Uh, .063, 286, 125. He has no home runs, no RBIs, one double. I mean, he gets on base by walk, but just nothing. So Yeah, nothing and then, after that. Yep. You know, and, and I'm still waiting to see Alexander Canario get another at bat. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, hopefully that'd be a good space to uh, put him in a game in, in yeah. Colorado. Right. Come on. Exactly. That's that's what I'm God. that's that's what I'm saying. All right, Crowley, let's not spend a whole lot of time. Um so Chris Bryant, we might see the return of Chris Bryant versus the Cubs, huh? Uh, that's what I'm hearing. Um watch out for Elias Diaz. He's doing pretty well. Pfeiffer's last 16. He has a home run in four RBIs. And then after that, you just it really starts to get uh, Nolan Jones. I mean, most of this team, you know, you probably haven't even heard of Charlie Blackman's back with them, um, and Ryan McMahon. Charlie Blackman. He's always done good against the Cubs. He's got two hits for his last thirteen, but you know his best day. He's slashing one fifty four, two ninety four, one fifty four. There's not a lot of guys on here should scare you, so that's why you know you got like you said, you got to feast here. Yeah, this is the time to put the old uh, foot on the throat of your opponent. All right, Crowley, let's get into the predictions. Boy, oh boy! I mean, if if the I, the I can't, I just got to say the Cubs have got to take three. I mean, they got to sweep. They got to sweep. Are they gonna sweep? I think they're going to sweep. I think Assad is going to have a good start. Um, you know, I I feel it's gonna, you know I think Jordan Wicks is going to have a good start. The guys they're throwing have nothing. I, I mean, like, what are you really scared of? And then, like you said, Tyone's the one that I want to watch. He's facing Ty Black, which you know, okay, not scared of that guy either. So, I mean, I, I, I would say that they, I believe that they will sweep. I think their offense is going to come out of their doldrums. Here's what I'll say. I'll go two for three, but if Alexander Canario starts the game, I'm going full sweep. All right. I'm going to uh, go with you on this. I'm going full sweep as well. They need to do it. They're going to do it. I have a feeling they're going to make us all forget, at least for a couple of days, how bad the Bears played on Sunday, <laughs> and we'll have the Cubs to look forward to during the course of the week. Crowley, have a great uh, start to your week, and uh, we will get back together uh, Wednesday or Thursday to recap this one, all right? Yep, and I want to thank all the Cub fans who stopped by and said hello and how much they enjoyed the podcast. Just to let you know, Dustin, I put my payment in for postseason tickets. So I want the Cubs to keep winning so I could use those things. Go Cubs! It's all over.